Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Happy holidays to everyone. You are listening to the Great American Collectible Show, watching the Great American Collectible Show. Yes, you my, are. My Paisan co-host, Rico Petroselli. Well, it's nice to be here. And uh, Tom Zapp. And uh, Happy New Year to everybody. And Happy Holidays. We're in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, what are you doing New Year's Eve? Anything? Uh, yeah, I'm going to bed. <laughs> you going to watch Guy Lombardo? <laughs> I used to, but uh, no, I don't. We don't watch the ball. I don't. Watch I don't either. I, Ellen and I go to bed. We go to bed. It's, you know, it's all right. You know what we used to do though when when we were in Florida, you know, whenever we were in Florida on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. we do stay up and we sit on the dock. Oh, dock and, of the bay. Yeah. And no, and you can there are fireworks like oh, all over the place. Yes, it's really sure. cool. That's it's nice. really cool. Yeah. All right, listen. So you're listening to us. You're watching us. We are broadcasting from the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. We are now part of the United Podcast Network, and we're asking people to please, if you're watching us on Facebook, please share the show, subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. We want you to like us if you can, listen to us if you can, put a review in if you like the show. If you hate the show, don't put a review in. And uh, we're on Facebook Live, we're on YouTube, we're on iHeartRadio. Alexa, Spotify, Unbelievable. Uh, what else? Uh, iTunes, yeah, Podbean. Yeah. How what about did, that? What did I miss? I missed a few other so things. So people can go when? Wednesday, Wednesday nights? Wednesday nights. They can go to any one of those. Share the show. And share. Please, and please, please we're do asking it. Hey, yeah, we um, want to. Social we, Security. <laughs> we want to expand. We want to expand our footprint. Listen, yeah. before we have a great show today. Our good friend Lee Behrens from Sterling Sports Auction yeah, yeah. got a great Great auction that ends in a couple of days, and we've got world-renowned artist uh, James Fiorentino is going to join us for a few minutes later on in the show, and actually, our giveaway today, this is really cool. This is from the September issue of SMR Magazine. Can you hold that up, Rick? Sure. Soon to become PSA Magazine. This was given to us by James. He did the cover of Tom Brady, phenomenal work, and this is signed by James. He signed it for us and gave it to us at the Philly show. That's nice. So we got that. Before we get to Lee, our headlines. Go ahead. Tops. Dave and Adams are opening up a shop in Cooperstown. We've had them on the show. Tops in conjunction with David Adams Card Card World, we open up a new flagship retail store in Cooperstown, New York. Tops by Dave and Adams will open up in April of 2022. The company says it's going to look to build up a rich history of the game of baseball within the Cooperstown community, and the shop will provide a new destination for collectors that will be located in the shadows of the Hall of Fame. So best of luck to them. Uh, So get the hobby news 24-7 from Sports Collectors Daily, our good friend Rich Miller. Uh, Congratulations to Dave and Adams in Cooperstown. Let's bring in Lee. Lee Behrens from hey, Lee. Sterling Sports Auction. How are you, Lee? Good. How about you guys? Good. Nice to yeah, see you. Have, have you ever have you ever been to Cooperstown, Lee? I've been there three different times, two inductions and one without. The last time, though, was when they were doing the renovations. So I would caught the, like, the tail end of it. So I haven't totally seen when the renovations were 15 years ago, but it was quite a change. From that. How about you, Rick? Yes, I've been there. Yeah, did you ever make an appearance there, or you just went yeah, to, as a visit? Made an appearance. Jim Lomborg and I did a show. I guess it was a podcast. I guess, but they have a TV show once a week. At least they had, and uh, you know, we answered questions and all that, and people called in. This was for about an hour, and then uh, then we took a tour, and we they took us downstairs, 
And where the stuff is not displayed. Yeah, where the stuff's not displayed. Unbelievable stuff there. The old glo- uh, catcher's gloves and their old gloves. Cobb, a couple of his bats, Ruth and all that, and, and others. It was terrific. It's a great place. Well, you know, we're pretty excited because, uh, as you know, I know we've announced it a few times. Uh, Ellen and I had just, and Johnny Mallory, JM, we're just finishing up. A really a book that we're real excited about called the Diamondbacks Collection. It's the collection belonging to uh, the general man- managing partner and owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Kenny Kendrick. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, we're going to be doing an event. Uh, we're going to be doing a book signing Ooh. at the Hall of Fame, possibly Hall of Fame weekend. Well, that's going to be fabulous. so. That'll be that'll be a blast. Oh, wow. That'll be yeah. a blast. Yeah. You know that this is the truth. I know Why? you're going to like. Why the other stuff's not the truth? You know that our books. <laughs> Yeah. Are the biggest selling books at the Hall of Fame? I believe. Shop. I'm no, not kidding. There's no, the honest to God truth. Yeah, no, you. You. They really are. Humble. He's the very humble. Of, uh, no, I, listen. I'm Lee, the only Lee, he's very humble. I, I don't know if you've seen his some of the, the books. Well, his, his wife really puts them. Out. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> Ellen, uh, and they, they're beautiful. You know those uh, coffee table books. They're absolutely. Yeah, I got the Cracker Jack one. They're beautiful. Oh, we we'll have to send you a couple. We'll, yeah. we'll get a couple in the mail to you. Yeah, half uh, price for you. All right, <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, you've got a uh, – uh, you're in the midst of a, of a significant auction that ends on December what? December 30th so, on Thursday. So that ends tomorrow because tom- we're airing on Wednesday of next week, the 29th. Yeah. So this uh, is ending on uh, tomorrow night. And this is your last auction of 2022. You've had a great year, great year, right? Yeah. A very strong year and uh, finishing up with our 100th auction that Sterling has offered. And it should be the strongest ever offered by Sterling. You you know, Lee, you've got, uh, I want to go over some of the auction items. I know we're going to talk about, we're going to be all over the place today because you and I spoke uh, earlier in the week. We want to talk about the auction. We want to talk about the industry, what's happening, what 2022 is going to look like. Uh, I know you had some questions for Rico. I have some questions for Rico relative to the fact that he did not buy me a Christmas present, and I'm a little hurt about that, but that's okay. Oh, God, he's always – you shouldn't be. You shouldn't do that. Tell everybody on air that I'm cheap. What are you trying to say? <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. That's no, not fair. Petroselli is the best. He's the best. All right. Talk, let's talk about the auction right out of the gate. What are the real high flyers in the auction that, like, you can boom right off the top of your head? The uh, I have two Gaudi roofs, the number fifty-three and number one forty-four. They're lower grade, but they're very presentable. So, I mean, in this day and age, they're about as reasonable as they can get for a nice uh, looking roof. They have thirty-three Gaudi Gehrig. There's a fifty-two tops maze and a PSA five holder. Uh, I got complete sets from 1960 to 66 in baseball. I broke up the 1960 set because it was a pretty strong set. So you, is, it, is the 66 set that you have, is it graded or ungraded? Every, those All the sets are ungraded. They actually came from a local consigner that had collected them as a kid. It was kind of interesting that he obviously never did any upgrades because there's yeah. some really, really nice cards in the set, and then there's some cards that – Definitely need upgrading if people like to upgrade sets and stuff, but they're very, very good, at least VGX sets, if not stronger. And you, so you must have a Petroselli card in there in the 66. Hey, hey, come on, will you? They might be able to find one. I'm sure it was the one with the spoke marks on it. <laughs> <laughs> the spoke. Uh, well, I got to tell you something. And, you know, I know he's my friend and he's sitting next to me, but I, I have to be brutally honest. That 66 Red Sox team, they were horrible. They were bad. Not as bad as the 65 and 66. What'd I just said 66. Oh, I just... just 66, you guys, it. you came I'm in ju- last. Yeah, we came in... Uh, yeah, actually, we didn't come in last. In 66? Yeah, it came in next to last. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, 65. Guess who, guess who was last? The Yankees. Yeah, were Yankees. they really? Yeah, Yankees were last. <laughs> they had terrible teams then. But things turned around for both clubs. Uh, that actually, no, they, not, they didn't turn around that much for the Yankees in 67. Well, that's right. Good point. Right? But, but they're great. They get some great And your cards. 65 team was pretty bad, too. Oh, we only lost 100 games. <laughs> I think it was easy. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's uh, – you also have some – I know you want to cover no, a lot that's, of yeah, baseball. We're take- but I, I'm, I got a little – some of the stuff that you have, which is very reasonable for football, people who like the football uh, – 
cards as well. Wojcicki here, you got Dick uh, Wojcicki. Good ball He was big, big guys. Uh, Otto Graham, uh, a number of others. Uh, we got a Bobby Lane rookie in there. Is, yeah, is football is. Lee Tom is, Landry. Is, uh, Tom Landry. Yeah, Tom, Tom Landry. Landry. Yeah, that's right. He Talk played. about football for a second before we get into the baseball yeah, stuff. Yeah, is football a football cards? I mean, is there a strong market for card, for football? There's a market <laughs> for it, uh, especially the '50s stuff. That seems to be all right. It, it, it's really it's it's kind of a different market, and some of the sets are really kind of different. Like a '57 top set, it's got the four strong rookies, and beyond that, a lot of the cards are really. If you're trying to put a set together, once you get beyond the the four strong rookies, they're very, very reasonable. But then now the Bowman sets seem to have really taken off in the last year, year and a half. So I was going to say, I'm, I'm surprised. I really was surprised, especially in today's game with yeah, yeah, with the kids. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I love pro football. I love to watch it. And uh, there's a lot of great talent oh, out today. There. Really unbelievable. I mean, plus the quarterbacks. But that, did uh, you collect? I didn't collect football no, cards we as a didn't, kid. I don't recall. Right. I, I never had them. When, uh, you know, we <clears throat> five cards we used to buy and uh, the gum. Yeah, of course. And but no football. Yeah, same thing with us. But, but you know, Rico's making a good point. Well, you know, you. do you, you think? <laughs> do you think? I know football is huge among the young. Collectors today, the Patrick Mahomes, the Mac Joneses, the uh, uh, I don't know, CD Lambs. Do you think that'll trickle down once these kids are established buying those cards? It's going to trickle down to them going after some of the vintage football cards. I think part of the problem with football is it doesn't have the video history like uh, the baseball does. It goes back to the turn of the century. Where if the Sables weren't there and did everything they did from the seventies on up, you know that would have been another whole generation that had no idea what went on with the history of the game. Because yeah. even myself at my age, you don't know what much of what went on in the sixties, let alone fifties, because there just was really no video or you know yeah. not much talk about it. And so that's why I think the biggest struggle that football and these other sports have to catch up to baseball. Well, that's a great point in the past, but now. With all the coverage and uh, breaking records, not just Brady, but uh, uh, the, the uh, Green Bay quarterback. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is good. He really is good. It's kind of a head case. Well, yeah, but he's moody. But, um, uh, you know, there's some great players out there. That's all. I just was curious how you felt about it. Um, well, they, they definitely they pay for that stuff. I mean, like you said, I mean, I was kind of amazed that uh, I was – Telling Tom this about is at the Philly show and the guy that the, the regular <clears throat> customer of mine he was talking about his son going out and he wanted to spend all this money on the Josh Allen rookie and he said well, you're not paying that kind of money for speculation you're if you want to spend that kind of money we're going to get an old Hall of Famer that's already done well you know he we were talking about that the other day Rick I mean. Are you going to spend $1,500 or $2,000 on a Josh Allen card? And that's what they're spending when the kid's only been playing a year, year and a half or two years, and he could be out of football by next year. They're still paying big money for these well, guys. You know, speculation. Speculation. I mean, if he, if it hits, they got, you know, home they got themselves. Run. Yeah, and that's not gambling, but that's what it's, it's like stocks. Same thing. You know, you hit a stock if you buy low, and all of a sudden the company goes wild. You know, you got yourself a, a lot of money there. But uh, it's not only about the money. I understand that too. It's a it's a lot of emotions involved. Well, that's one thing. I we had a card store in the late '80s and early '90s, and I always told my cu- customers, buy what you like, don't buy it because you think you're going to make money off it. Because in the long run, if it goes down, you still have something you like. Oh, that's if a good you buy point. It for the money, you're <laughs> now you're just mad at the whole deal. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem, though, Lee, because I think uh, you know. Listen, you know, uh, I'm using myself as an example. Probably you, uh, from the vintage standpoint. I mean, I, I, you know, I just I collected. I liked the T206 set. I enjoyed it. I loved the way the cards looked. And initially, I mean, obviously, as time went on. When I purchase a card, I would purchase a card, you know, that had a a, a good uh, uh, 
uh, grade and knowing that it would it would you know hopefully rise in price but my primary concern my primary primary uh, reason for the purchase was because I loved the card you know what I mean and and you know I'm not sure that's the case uh, today and you know, a few guys are going to get aggravated with me, probably, but I'm I'm thinking that there are there are inv- uh, people out there that are buying cards, not for the love of the card, but for the investment. Yeah, and I think that really started in the late '80s and early '90s. Which I still remember when the Bo Jackson rookie card from the 1987 tops that went for a dollar. And that was just like you're paying a dollar for a, a card, right? You know, and now we look back and it, it's nothing. But at that time, a dollar for a card fresh out of a pack was huge. You've got uh, you've got some great T two hundred six cards. I'm looking at uh, you've got the uh, you know you've got a, you've got a couple of car you got a Cobb you got a Young you got a Walter Johnson. How are those cards moving right now? How are they looking oh. in the auction? Yeah, they're really strong right now. All three of the those big names: the Young, the Cobb. And the uh, Johnson, is that Johnson? It's the Johnson portrait. Cobb, Cobb, Young, and Maddie. Uh, But those those portrait T206s are doing well, and those authentic ones are must be trimmed a little bit, but they're they're near mint looking cards. So they they'll do well because there's people out there that they'll pay because they know they can get a little less expensive for an extremely good looking card. No, no. I was going to say <clears throat> we have a lot of collectors. We hope watching and or listening. And I would think now, if I'm a collector and I'm relatively young, that I would, when I'm listening to you, I would want to get uh, some information of what to do next. You know what I mean? Uh, because <clears throat> the TO, T206. There's a, there's a uh, certain market of people that yes. will buy those. Okay, so now you get the, the rest of the cards in the 50s and even to this day, you know. Uh, <clears throat> so they usually, you know, what do I do next? What's happening in the industry? And you've given some good information here. So so there's a combination of, of things here with, with the whole market, you know what I mean? The newer cards, the older cards, and... Uh, where do I go next? You know what I mean. I mean, what are you seeing in in, in regards to that, Lee? Uh, you know, uh, like I know you have regular customers. Do they work on one set, or do they jump around from a T two hundred six to a Gandhi to a Play Ball to a fifty six top set? Do people jump yeah. around, or do you? Or do most of your customers stick with a certain set that they're working on? I think a lot of it. Uh, T206 people especially tend to focus on that set just because there's so many of them and there's so many combinations of fronts and backs and that type of deal. Uh, your 50s stuff, I mean, there's your Baldwin collectors out there. There's your people that just collect tops. The 30s, you might have a main focus on the Gaudi, but a lot of the other stuff, it's kind of hit or miss because some of those sets, you don't see a lot of the cards out there ever for sale. So if you're, say, trying to put a York caramel set together well you're lucky to get three or four a year you know that come up sometimes on the players you want so if that's all you're collecting you're not doing much else so they tend to spread out their interest and another thing you kind of see throughout the hobby over the years is say if somebody starts with the modern stuff they tend to after a few years of this tend to trickle down into the older stuff and get more interested, and then it seems to go all the way down to the pre-war stuff. Eventually, which I think that's why the auctions are important. Absolutely, they should. A collector, collectors out there, should view the the auctions uh, as many as possible. Well, you know, you're going to learn more about it, right. Uh, uh, the, you know, yeah, because how important you is. can go through an auction, and like I do mine chronologically by the oldest to newest through there. So if you go through every page, I mean, you can see stuff. And yeah. I still see stuff that I've never seen that it's like, oh, this is really cool. I mean, I never knew it existed. Yeah. You know, so that I, can be eye catcher. Before we take a break, you know something else, you know, uh, we were talking about, Lee, is that, the, you know, obviously with this show, we have 
sponsors like yourself and Al Crisofoli and Wheatland and Scott uh, from the Collector Connection, small, small auction houses. And then we have, obviously, Heritage and REA and Memory Lane and Leland's and some of the bigger ones. You all have, <clears throat> it seems as though you guys all have your niche customers. For you guys, I, you know, again, I've always called it the 80-20 rule. 80% of the collectors can't afford to pay thirty-five dollars or $40,000 for a, a Babe Ruth Gaudi. But they exactly. can't afford, they can't afford to pay X amount of dollars for a PSA, uh, for a Gaudi uh, root PSA 1, authentic, or 2. I think so. I think that's real beneficial to the average collector, guys like you. Very important. The, uh, like in this auction, I have like four other roots. There's a Shonen Ruth, which is a Japanese postcard. There's the uh, Quaker Oats Premium. Uh, I have the Churchman's. Those are all roots that you can get now at a fairly reasonable price. I mean, they're always lesser in value, but right. some of those you don't see on those bigger auctions. Well, not only that, but some of the big auction houses, like a 33 Gaudi, Ruth, you have one. You may see six in, exactly. a, in an auction with the bigger auction houses, mm-hmm. six of them. Okay. So if I'm a consigner... I want, may consider going to someone like Lee because only one card yeah. is going to be in that auction yeah. rather than six of the same card, correct? Sure. Correct. And that's what I make sure I try not to. I don't care if it's a $40 card or it's a $10,000 card. I don't want duplication in card in similar grade. I think that's a, you know, a wise I just talk move. to them and say, hey, hey, you know, the second one to come in and say, I'm just going to hold this off until the next auction so we don't have this head-to-head. Yeah. Nobody's going to come it Makes sense, head. right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are chatting with Lee Behrens from Sterling Sports Auctions. We're going to take a break. We come back. It's going to be on deck with Rico. Oh, so nervous. And, by the way, the on deck, we're going to give, we have two of these out. We do? We have two. We're going to give one for the uh, person that asked a question uh, to Rico and one for our giveaway from Wait, the Staten Island. Let me hold From the Staten Island Joe do something here cheap bag. Can I keep it now? Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Hi, everyone. I'm Rico Petroselli, and I'm very excited to talk to you about our new partner, Panini America. Panini America is the world leader in licensed sports and entertainment collectibles, and we're proud to have them as the official trading card of the Great American Collectibles Show. When it comes to modern trading cards of your favorite players, Panini America leads the way in terms of innovation, design, creativity, value, and fun. From landmark brands such as Donruss, Prism, and Contenders to high-end juggernauts like Flawless, National Treasures, and Immaculate, Panini America delivers the hottest trading cards of the biggest names in the NBA, NFL, MLBPA, NASCAR, soccer, and college. When you want to collect the best, collect Panini America. Ask for it at your local hobby shop or at mass retailers like Target and Walmart. And you can always find Panini America online at iCollectPanini.com. Panini America, who do you collect? How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. 
Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Now on deck with Rico Pastorelli. Rico Pastorelli. <laughs> Hi, my name is Willie. Time for On Deck with Rico Pastorelli. It is time for our new, not new segment anymore. It's time for our segment On Deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. This week's question Ooh, was submitted by Dan Shapiro. I think I know so Dan. So Dan is going to get a copy of the signed James Fiorentino SMR cover. And here's the question. You played against the great Oriole teams many times. Yes, I did. Where do you rank Earl Weaver among the managers you competed against? That's a very, very, very good question because... We've got a number of Hall of Famers. Uh, home of, well, he's in the Hall of Fame. Of course, Billy Martin's another. Uh, Dick Williams played, of course, with him, as you know. And, um, well, uh, I didn't play uh, against Joe uh, Torrey as a manager, but as a player. But anyway, Earl Weaver was one of the best. <laughs> one of the best in that era. Uh, <clears throat> In the, I guess what, 60s, 70s. I saw, I play actually against Earl Weaver in double A ball. We had, we played their team. They were in Utica, and Earl was, the, you know, the manager. And he was the same way there. It's just, in the pros, just. Same thing, man. It was a, one time he missed a call and he was jumping on, on the third base <laughs> bag, you know, just jumping on it like, put, uh, <laughs> it was unbelievable. But he was a great, excellent manager, had a good team, but most of the time, I mean, you got to have good players to win. But, uh, but yeah. he had kind of like the same personality that your old manager, Dick Williams, had, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he, he screamed a lot. You know, he used to smoke like a pack of cigarettes or two a, a game <laughs> uh, because he was so nervous. But, uh, uh, he was very good. He did a great job with the bullpen, you know, on the field, and the players really liked him. Interesting. Uh, did you have any uh, anything you wanted to ask Rico, uh, Lee? No. I didn't want to ask. Oh, well, hold on. We need to. Bonus babies. Okay. I, I'm sorry. Uh, you were off for a second. Can you repeat the oh. question? Yeah. Can you? Uh, are you? Were you one of the bonus babies out there, or were you in the draft when it went? No, out? no. I was one of the bonus babies. 
Yeah, I got a ton of money. <laughs> How much did you get? What, now were you they got, required you actually, to keep you on the roster then for two years? Or no, that, no, I was uh, – uh, no, that wasn't me. Um, a friend of mine, well, who also signed with the Red Sox, Jim Gosker, he had to stay up there, which wasn't good. That was not a good rule, but they were trying to hold the money down, you know, with the big bonuses. Guys got 150000 125000 Then? Yeah. How yeah, much did you bonuses. get? You got sixty. Sixty-five thousand. Sixty-five thousand plus incentives. You know, to, and I made more as I went up as part of the contract. What, what year was that then? When that was way back then. Sixty-four <laughs> or sixty-three. <laughs> what? When did you sign? What year? Sixty-two. Sixty-two. Jesus, that. that was like Come that was the down. year before Kennedy was assassinated. That's right. I was. Uh, I went to. Uh, North Carolina, Carolina League, my first league. There you go. It was great. So, it what did you beautiful. do? Okay, so what did you do with the sixty grand? Did you buy yourself a present? I gave. I took care of my parents, mother, and father. Were hold on, sixty-two thousand and sixty-two. It was good. Was a lot. I tell you, I, we, I, well, I bought him a condominium in Florida, and it was twenty thousand. Was it really twenty thousand? And uh, the only other thing, I, the other thing I bought for myself. This is. I don't mean to bore you, but. <clears throat> I bu- the only thing I bought for myself was a 63 in 63, a Corvette. Are you serious? A 1963 Corvette for $4,200. How would you like to own that bad boy today? What's you know, that thing worth today? One hundred fifty to 200000 So 62000 $62, today is 538000 yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good bonus. That's inflation. So that's like you. That's like you signing for half a million dollars. There you go. Today, a player signing for half a million as a bonus. That's, that's all. You can't. <laughs> oh, listen no, to this, no. Lee. I've told. I love. I love to see Rico get green in the face. When I tell him all the time, and I love doing this, I, I, I yeah, do he this, loves zinging me. I do this periodically to zing Rico, but there's a site. I can't remember what the name of the site is, and they take. Your analytics as a ball player back then, and they converted to what you would be making today. He just told you. No, no. Uh. What he, so Rico, if Rico were playing today, and the fact that he was a five-time All-Star, his batting average, all that, Rico would have signed. He would have had a contract worth somewhere in the thirty-five to forty million dollar <laughs> bracket. <laughs> That's smell, okay. give me some smelling salt. That's okay, Rick. That's okay. Don't He's say still that. Made a good, nice I didn't, I didn't play for the money. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I did. We, we didn't. We got. We didn't have agents <clears throat> until later on. Should have had ATS Communications. We I know have. you should have had you. We, we did you have off-season jobs then? Yeah, five first five years I had uh, jobs. What'd you do? I, I worked for Gibbs Oil. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, uh, sales, sales promotion. <laughs> I brought. <laughs> I don't made, believe him. He was. I made he was millions a, for them. Don't believe him. He was driving an oil truck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Oil truck. Well, okay, actually, enough yeah. about. Me. Hold on. Remember Richie Hebner? He was a grave digger. Yes, right. Right. His dad was. Yeah. Richie was a was a grave digger. He helped digger. his dad. Yeah. We are chatting with Lee Barons from Sterling Sports Auction. Um, unopened packs, Lee. Uh, do you have any in the auction? Uh, just two, I believe. I got a 72 football pack. It's got a possible Roger Staubach rookie. And then an 85, 86 Opeachy hockey pack that has a possible, uh, Mario Lemieux rookie. You know, it's funny because I talked to you and I talked to all the vintage guys and everybody over the last year and a half, two years has been kind of learning on the fly. Uh, the new modern cars, this whole unopened pack break stuff. Um, are you uh, are you getting up to snuff on that? Because you know, I talked to you and Al and uh, and and Scott. It's kind of like a baptism on the fire for you guys. And that's really kind of what it is. Is you kind of learn as you go. I mean, you got to kind of get those packs into PSA holders to you know because people just got to know that these things haven't been searched through because way too easy to pop them and reseal them and stuff. So that's the comfort level people have with uh, that. But personally, I mean, it's kind of cool to have one you can actually crack into if you ever feel like it. In 1992, I opened up a 1978 baseball pack, and I tried chewing the gum. And (laughs) 
All, all it did was disintegrated and tasted like cardboard. Should we tell that no, story? No. No, we won't tell the story about Rico shoving a stick of gum from a 1956, no, it was a 61 pack on the air in the radio oh. studio. And he Man. ran. He ran out of the room. <laughs> Not a good idea. Yeah, that was actually very. Funny. I have a question for you, Lee. Uh, you yeah. probably were you a collector as a kid, and if oh, you yeah. were, how did that lead to you becoming an owner? You know, of an auction house. Well, I think I was about five or six when I first started buying cards, and uh, oh, okay. I, I wow. kept buying them. It and when I was sixteen, I went to my first show in nineteen eighty. And uh, I guess the first indoctrination was buying the Beckett Price Guide, which is a thicker book you could buy at the bookstore. They come out once right. a year. Yeah. And there was the Pete Rose, 1970 Pete Rose card was $5, and oh. we had one in there. Wow. So that kind of fired me and my brother up a little bit, and we went to that show. And I, I remember buying Ernie Banks cards. I bought every Ernie Banks card from the rookie on up. I paid $29 for his rookie card that day. And Bought every one of his cards. My brother bought Pete Rose cards. Every one. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, you know when I think back and with the research that we did with the fifty-two tops set when we wrote that book, I there are two things that I personally attribute to how and why the hobby has evolved today. One is first of all, first and foremost, was the birth of TV. I think. I think. Tell little kids being able to watch TV and see these guys on the screen rather than listening to games on the radio really exploded things because you saw Mickey Mantle hitting, mm-hmm. you saw Pete Rose hitting, you saw Ernie Banks. But then I think the guy that really took it took that concept and took it to the next level was your guy, Cy Berger. Because oh, Tops, I yeah. mean, I think Tops really capitalized on that. You know, they had, Bowman was basically done, or they had bought Bowman out. And then when they came out with that 52 Tops set with those beautiful colors, I think they based it all on the popularity of we, us kids, being able to see the players. Of course. Right? It got more popular in any time, you know. I, I think the stats on the back had a lot to do absolutely with it. absolutely they did they did that had that had a lot to do with it but so what the so what led uh, you know to you guys to open up a um well I, I throughout uh I, I, high school and stuff i went to shows every once in a while and at one point they saved i saved up enough money that i was going to buy a ruth or a garrett card and oh. i think i had two hundred dollars or something in minnesota you don't see much of that stuff but there was always a dealer that had few of them so i went there and uh he had about six or eight to choose from and i ended up with a gary a 33 gouty gary mm. uh and still have it in my collection to the day i think i paid 125 dollars for it or whatever but that was kind of my first really really big purchase and then uh college is always a hit or miss thing when it comes to money wise mm-hmm. and when i got done with college a friend of mine had mentioned he might be thinking of opening up a store and I said, well, crap, I'm not doing anything. I don't have a job in line. I said, so we worked out a deal. We opened up this card store, and we had it for four years. And I mean, 80, from 88 to 92 was just gold mine years for cards, and that was kind of the indoctrination. But I had, in the early 80s, I got myself indoctrinated into the pre-war cards. Uh-huh. And uh, I still don't know to this day when I got done with college. I had 80 T206s. Ooh, and I nice. can't remember where I got most of them. But uh, to get them in Minnesota wasn't an easy thing to do. But after the store came to an end in 92, I pretty much laid off of it until about 2000. And I got back on eBay. And I started buying T2O2s up. And then it was all of a sudden I'm seeing cards I like. And I did a lot of flipping on eBay and amounted the collection. And then the... Uh, the whole auction came about after I had uh, quit a job with a beer company and didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And, and mm-hmm. Brian Dwyer was the original owner of Sterling, and I was going to send him some cards, so I had some money liquid, and he said, I'm checking it out. And I'm like, ah, now i got to go back to eBay, which I wasn't going to be happy with. But I thought, well, you know, I wonder if he'd sell that thing. 
<laughs> so I called him back that night and he said he had thought about it and you know what needed to run through it. Well, a month later we worked out a deal and he did 14 auctions with Sterling and I've taken them from 15 to 100 now. That's, that's wow. great. Great story. We are yeah. chatting with Lee Behrens from Sterling Sports Auction. Lee, what about some of the other, uh, you know, cards, uh, items in the auction? Can you, can you? Uh, sure. We got, there's a, a Bluebird Ruth, which is kind of, it's a bigger card. Uh, it's kind of like an advertising piece, but it's very attractive. It, it's the highest graded one out there. It's a 5.5. Uh, M116 Sporting Lives. Good which card. You don't see as many. But they're actually, when I go through my auction list, the hit number of hits, those cards are right towards the top 10. I have a Cobb, a Young, a Maddie, and other Hall of Famers in there. T205s uh, with Young and Joss. The rookie cards I have are Hank Greenberg, which is a 34 Gaudi. Uh, Hank Aaron, 54 and a 3. Uh, Kaline in a 5. Clemente in a 5. I have three different Nolan Ryan cards. In a, a four, a six, and an eight at PSA. And then the Rose rookies. I have modern rookies, whether Jeter, Pujols, Trout, Otani. Mm, uh, nice. Tiger Woods, got a couple of them. All right. But yeah, there, there, there is a, just a wide variety. Of how, how are the cards, stuff. how are those cards, and I don't want to call them second-tier Hall of Famers, but because these are the guys that I really kind of no, but I'm just saying like use the K line card for instance. How is that card looking? That's a rookie card. It's a PSA yep. five. How is that looking in the auction? Uh, uh, you know, uh, people gravitating towards guys like uh, Duke Snyder and Al K line and Gil Hodges. I think you're certain to see the catch up with them because uh, initially with this push, like you said, it's the big name Hall of Famers. That- yeah. You're just skyrocketing. And I was really kind of surprised because I remember even from the 80s, Banks and K-Line rookies were always neck and neck. I mean, they always seemed to be the same, but Banks got a huge push here in the last couple of years. He's blowing way ahead of K-Line, but I noticed now lately that the K-Line is starting to catch up. Yeah, I think Uh, there's a bunch of cars like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Second tier, I think the people, because they no longer can afford stuff, so you got to gravitate down. There's nothing wrong with the K-Line and some of those second tier guys. Yeah. But uh, it's just the catch-up time. I think that's going to happen at the next level, too. You're going to see the K-Lines and those guys rise, and then the next tier from like the guys that played like when you played the Jim Palmers, oh, you know yeah, the yeah. you know those the, the, the yeah. Well, yes is well, kind of a little. Uh, he's uh, he's already up there yeah, in some yeah. in some instances. But well, I think what about uh, the the new uh, Hall of Famers? <clears throat> Good point. Tony Oliva now, of course. Gil Hodges. Uh, who else was in there? Um, well, it was caught. Hodges, Oliva, uh, Jimmy, and, uh, and yeah. Minnie so do you Minoso. see do you yeah. see a spike in in those players, or is it well, too is it it's too early? Interesting to find out now because I I know in the late eighties and early nineties there was another speculation thing. People would always speculate in the old timers thing who would get put in. Right, I remember Tony Lazari when he got put in in the eighties, and how you know that was a speculation thing. And then when they got in, then there was a jump in prices. But I so didn't see that in the last 20 years, oh. you know, but it, it'll be interesting now that all of a sudden, like these four guys got in that what it'll do to their rookie cards. Cause a lot of them like caught himself and Oliva, they, they were always strong in the Minoso cards in the last year and a half have taken off. He's a good ball player, huh? Mini? Yeah. Mini Minoso. So what about when a player dies? Does, does, does the, does the card spike in price when a player uh, passes away? No, I'm I don't sure. think it, it, He's I looking don't think at it me. Hey, what? Affected, uh, <laughs> it used to. Uh, and the reason I say that is after the Hank Aaron death. Right. Uh, I, I really thought there would be a huge jump in that, you know, because of his death. Yeah. There was maybe a slight increase, but nothing like Tom's referring to in the past when somebody died, you'd see this huge surge. Right. For a month, yeah. Two months. Yeah. And then it'd go level down again. But. I, that might be waning, that little. Uh, 
yeah. spike that you would see in cards with the when they passed away. Jeez, mine might go to from one fifty dollars to two dollars. Hey, don't laugh. So Lee, you got one more day left. What is uh, what do people have to do? Uh, what's what's the website? It, it's SterlingSportsAuctions.com. If you get in trouble finding it, just Google Sterling Auctions. It'll come up to the top. Yeah. One of the big benefits is Sterling has, whether you're a consigner or a buyer, at this time, other than the state of Minnesota, I do not have to charge sales tax because I haven't met any of the thresholds in the United States. So you're saving money when you're bidding on my auction. It closes on the Thursday, December 30th. Extended bidding starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As long as you have one bid in on any item in the auction, you can bid on any item, even if it doesn't have an opening bid and extended bidding. Awesome. All right, Lee, we wish you the best. Yeah. Happy New Happy Year New to you Year and your family. Year. Good help. And uh, look, forward, look forward to 2022 with you. It's going to be another great year. Thank you, guys. And- Happy holidays to you guys. You too. Take care. Lee Behrens from Sterling Sports Auction. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. James Fiorentino is going to join us, and then we're going to have a giveaway. Ooh, all right. Hang in there. Can I? You know, your your cigar almost caught on fire there. We'll be right back. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. Panini America is the world leader in licensed sports and entertainment collectibles, and we are proud to have them as the official trading card company of the Great American Collectibles Show. Panini leads the way in innovation and design with great brands like Donruss, Prism, Contenders, Flawless, National Treasures, and Immaculate. Partnering with the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball Players Association, NASCAR, FIFA, and College, Panini is certainly at the head of the hobby. You can find Panini products in major retailers like Walmart and Target or online at iCollectPaniniAmerica.com. That's Panini America. Who do you collect? Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return, on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. 
They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Well, with the holidays over, eBay is still the place to go for all of your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone, not you, buddy. You know, you're so Or you cheap. want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra holiday cash. Flip this. For next holiday. I shop on eBay all the time. I really do. That's eBay connecting buyers and sellers globally. All right, James is on camera with us. James Fiorentino, the famous oh, James Fiorentino. But before stuff. we talk to James, we oh, are going okay. to have a giveaway. Why don't well, you hold this up? Look at this. Huh? This was uh, James was nice enough to give us a few copies. James, that's beautiful. Uh, this is okay. the SMR cover from September, I believe, but it's signed by James. So we're going beautiful. to pick. Uh, you you hold. I'll that pick. Ability. Huh? Okay. You're, I can't even make a straight line. Go ahead. Who do we got? We got two of them, three of them, five of them, five of them. William Harwood. Bill Harwood. All right, Bill Harwood. I don't know who he is. William Harwood is the winner. Nice going, Bill. Bill, here's the deal. You have one week to message us, PM us, call us, or carry a pigeon. If we don't hear from you in a week. He's You're done. out. He's done. You're out. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get to James. James, first of all, welcome. Happy yes. holidays to you. You too. Thanks for having me on, guys. You, uh, you nice kind of a kind of a cool jacket. You going mountain climbing or something? Yeah. Yeah. You know what it is? I, I'm doing so many of these. I figured I got to have like, a cool wardrobe now and look cool. So you know, <laughs> a little festive here in the holiday spirit. Uh, nice hat, by the way. Is that a? What is that? A really cool hat. What is it? JF. This is actually JF? my original logo. It's my JF logo. But it's amazing how many people see this, players, and they, they love it. And they want to know what it is. So I guess that's the. All right, so I, I'm, I'm nice. going public right now to say I will swap you an official Great American Collectibles hat, which is very limited, for a James Fiorentino hat. Deal. And I'll throw it in. You sign the lid, and Rico will sign the lid underneath. Nice. Fair like enough? That. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Wonderful. No, How about, you don't get the hat. I do. I, oh, I don't get the hat. No, you're right. All right. No, it's, All uh, you do is sign. I get the hat. No. Okay. All right, listen. You've got. Uh, let's talk about your Beautiful. event first. You've got an event coming up. Or you, actually, you're in the midst of an event. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, yeah. This show uh, is the second no, the sort of version of uh, it's baseball in black and white, extra innings. The, the first show I had done about four or five years ago was at Bergino Baseball Clubhouse in Manhattan, which was this great baseball boutique. And uh, so this is the, the the second version, I guess you could say, of, of that show, which is at Studio 7 uh, Fine Art Gallery in Bernersville, New Jersey. It's been a successful show. We've done a few openings. Uh, but I, I think the show is going to go through mid-January. So if anybody you know has an opportunity is in this area or obviously can see some of the paintings online and what's available it's been a nice a nice show well look can you hold this up uh, rico because yeah, i mean i know this is this is from the, the this is like kind of a continuation but you you really can't i mean, maybe you can see them close up because uh, when, when they're watching i cannot believe uh, just the work the artwork Beautiful. is is absolutely phenomenal it yeah, really is james that, huh? i mean I appreciate it. It's a fun show because it's it's still that? watercolor, but it's just black and white. So it's just using black. And yeah, yeah. Uh, um, there's a variety of players from current to former guys. And, um, yeah, I, I really love painting in black and white. I love, I'll tell you what. The Jackie one, uh, History on Deck, is amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing piece of work. Isn't that cool? Oh, they're, yeah. You they're know, all great. See, if you would have been to Philly with me, you would have gotten what I got from Mr. Fiorentino, I have hanging in my living room an absolute beautiful print of Teddy, Ted, Teddy, in Ted Fenway Park. Yeah, nineteen late fifties, right? Yeah, that's when I guess the signage was still on on the Green Monster. Yeah, there was sign. Yeah, so. advertising on the Green. Yeah, yeah. Just a great, great, this great, great, great painting. This is nice. Uh, awesome. David Wright. 
So you got some of the younger players too. Um, Cal Ripken. Now you've got some other stuff coming up. Uh, talk about there's a new and it's already been announced. SMR Magazine is now uh, going to become PSA Magazine, and uh, you have had the honor of the first cover, correct? Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. Obviously, I, I've been so appreciative and just honored to be able to showcase my artwork, which has really been probably over a year and a half now. Uh, this is like, geez, maybe my sixth or seventh cover. Um, but the fact that it is the first magazine that they're, you know, calling it PSA magazine is an honor. It's, it's a Michael Jordan painting of mine. And I believe they're actually doing a really cool story on there's only one, the most iconic trade, uh, most iconic trading card collection that whole series that you saw, Tom. So it'll be a, a really cool article, I believe, on that, along with the cover artwork of, of Michael Jordan. And then I'll be doing other covers throughout uh, this year for them with another one I actually just finished. Uh, so that's just exciting to be able to get that kind of work out there to uh, to people to see. You know, when I called, uh, when uh, uh, we spoke, this is going back about a year and a half, and uh, you asked me to reach out to Joe Orlando, which I did, and... I didn't even have to say anything. I says, Joe, James Fiorentino. The words went out of my mouth, and he says, love his work. Oh, yeah. I says, what do you think about the cover? Because they were using another artist, as you know. And he said, are you kidding me? We can get him? And the rest is history, man. You did. I mean, you put some phenomenal covers out there. Phenomenal. You really have. Well, let me ask you. So it probably would be very difficult for you, but uh, it's and a challenge, but... Uh, you think you can do one of Tom? I think that's the next cover. Maybe it's, it's a secret. Tom, I, I, it's hey, coming soon. It's 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 yeah. definitely coming down the road. I think. I think a lot of lines. James, here. James, you uh, want it? You want a side? What do you how about a side profile? Yeah, yeah. Oh my, pretty good. That'd be tough. Yeah. <laughs> Holy jeez. <laughs> oh God. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left. Uh, talk to us about. Uh, I know 2021 for you has been phenomenal. What is 2022 looking like? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's going to be a continuation, like we said, of, of some of the cover art work, but there's only one. It's just uh, we're so excited about that. We're, we're certainly going to have another five to ten to probably debut at the National this summer, and that's obviously the greatest trading cards that I'm painting of all time, which has sold out, sold out again, lined up uh, uh, you know, for people buying them. Great. And uh, the James Fiorentino is basically called Fiorentino Elite, which is going to be a high-end brand of my artwork signed by legendary players. Uh, a lot of other really cool projects that are that are sort of a secret right now, but I, I'm really really excited about 2022 can, and everything can, going can, on. Can you uh, can we throw a little uh, plug to the uh, Diamondbacks collection and where James Fiorentino fits in with all that? Oh, oh for sure, that's one of the big nice. things I think as well. Yeah, James is uh, James is uh, was nice enough to uh, submit some of his paintings. That we're using as one of the page breaks for the book. And we're going to be at the National, James. So maybe, just maybe, when we're doing the show on the Burka stage, uh, we'll get you up there. And maybe use uh, give a you know use the book a couple of giveaways that you can sign the page for a couple of great people out in the audience. Absolutely, I'm excited because I think there's going to be a good presence of my work there between everybody I know, between you, PSA, the book, all the things I'm doing. So it's nice. obviously in my my home state. Um, I used to do a lot of nationals when I was younger. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the people that you know have collected my artwork in the past, and obviously a lot of the new people that are coming from, you know, the PSA covers I'm doing or the tops cards I recently did. You know, all this sort of media coverage I'm getting. So uh, right. it's been exciting. I, I think what has happened to the sports card industry is happening happening for sports art. Yeah, I think it's finally getting some of its due and. Um, and I appreciate that people think that I am one of the best and have been doing, you know, been doing it for so long. So I think that's going to be a big part of 2022. Well, you've, sure. you've done a, you've done a oh, great job. Great uh, your oh, website it's, address? It's jamesferentino.com. And you can look me up on Facebook and Instagram. And I love people, you know, checking out all the work and all the latest stuff I have coming out. You know, uh, you have an open invitation to get down to Boston next summer and uh, we'll go grab a bite, me, you and Rico. 
Maybe if Rico can pull some strings, strings uh, go to a ball strings. game, you know, just thought, well, I, yeah, just I thought I'd throw that out. You well, have some I connections. Cool. I got the strings. That's what I got. <laughs> She's got. All right, hey, James. I'm going to I'm gonna take you guys up on that and bring some gifts along the way. Ah, so. That sounds good. Hey, listen, right. happy new year to yeah. you and our best. And uh, 2022 AK. is going to be a great, great year. Absolutely. Good health, too. You, to you, to you, Tom, and to you, Rico, too. And thanks for always thank having you. me on. I love the show, and I really appreciate it. Great. Well, thank Take you care. very much. Take James care. James Fiorentino. Uh, t- he's, he is one talented He's great. Oh, he really is a talented kid. Unbelievable stuff. I think that's a wrap, David, huh? Chrissy? Wrap. Oh, by the way, Chrissy. Yes. Chrissy, Delicious. she made us some cookies, but they're gone. They oh, are no. gone. Long yeah. gone from Australia. Oh, gone. Can we get a refill? Sure. Hey, hey. With that being said, Rick, happy new hey, year. Hey, happy you. new year. Uh, by the hey, way, Chrissy, happy uh, new year. Rico is happy uh, new year, he's, guys. he's heading to Florida, so uh, I have one more show to do here. Rico's going to be in Florida, and then I'm going to be in Florida, so we'll be broadcasting from our Florida studios. And JM will be here all by himself. Him oh, and David right, and Chrissy. That's right. Yeah. Look at their cheering. They're I cheering. know, I know. It's, With that being said, we love you guys. Please don't forget to share the year. show. Join us on YouTube, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We want to expand the platform. With that being said, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.